Hey guys, I have got Coach Drew Ambrose with me today. Coach Ambrose is currently the offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach at Franklin High School in Wisconsin. Uh, before that, he spent time as the offensive coordinator co uh, quarterbacks coach at Racine Case uh, and got his, uh, started coaching and teaching at Kenosha Indian Trail in 2012, where he coached the receivers before bumping up to offensive coordinator and quarterbacks. Um, spent some time at Wisconsin Lacrosse as a player where he played running back before moving to safety and graduated in 2008 with a degree in economics. That's just, you know, what every football coach needs is a degree in economics. So, um, Coach, welcome. Hope all is well. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm actually, uh, obviously, I'm at school right now. <laughs> right. So, yeah, good, good uh, trying to survive the winter storms that we've been getting dumped yeah. on by lately. So <laughs> Yeah, and we got, we got more coming, so not excited about that. But, Great. yeah, I know. Uh, you know, first first question I've got for you. Uh, talk to me a little bit about how the offensive line has played, a, uh, you know, a role in some of the really successful teams you guys you've been a part of. Yeah. So, um, I mean, starting back at Indian Trail, um, so I, I was fortunate to be to get hired there, like right as that program was starting out. So, mm -hmm. 2012, which was my first year there, was actually the first year that they had varsity football at Indian Trail. Um, so, we had oh, a wow. Our first year, we actually did not have any seniors on the team. Um, so we played and we played a full varsity schedule. We went we went two and seven. So we still won some games, even though we didn't have any seniors. But uh, right. coming back the next year, obviously, we, we had the entire team returning and we actually had a really good uh, offensive line coming back. And I would say that was probably the biggest strength of that team, aside from our, our defensive line, which was really tough, too. Um, which is kind of different than what you would think of like a Kenosha school being right. Kenosha right. school is usually like loaded at the skill positions. <clears throat> um, we were not really in that boat. We had a pretty good quarterback, but we had a really big, really good athletic offensive line. Um, and they really carried us that year. So the, the, it would have been the, the first ever senior class at that school. We made it all the way to, I think the third round of the playoffs that year um, ended up losing to my current team, Franklin, <laughs> In the playoffs, they went on to to go to state, and they were the they ended up being the state runner up that year. Um, but we were very good that year, and I, I don't think we ever replicated that at Indian Trail. Um, we had some decent decent lines up front, but sure. it was never the same with that. Um, and then my year at Case, uh, we were very young on the offensive line, <clears throat> but they were good, they're very talented. And then the, the following year. The year after I left, they had all, I think all five of them returned up front. And then they ended up making, they made the playoffs that following year for the first time in like 25 years or something. Oh, wow. Um, so, so they had a really good group. And then obviously now at Franklin, um, Franklin's kind of known for actually for, for offensive linemen. We have, it's cool. We have, so Coach Brown, our head coach, he has this big board outside of his office um, down in like our athletics wing. And it, it keeps track. Of, it has all the guys from the program that are currently playing mm -hmm. at the college level and he updates it every year and I bet I'd say there's probably 30 to 40 guys on there and I bet two-thirds of them are offensive linemen oh wow we probably send I'd say on average probably two offensive linemen a year they probably they go on to play at the college level and then at, at varied levels right like we've sure. had they've had guys go to you know FBS guys FCS we have quite a few currently FCS players I know we have some guys out in like South Dakota South Dakota State a few places like that right. but yeah I mean our our offense is you know we don't do a lot in the run game like we're fairly simple but yeah our 
we have really, really good old linemen. And I, and I will say, like, in my opinion, I think we have probably the best offensive line coach in the state of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Beck. He's, he's, you know, the guys around the state that are coaches, I'm sure they all know him. He's kind of, kind of a legend around here. Right. Um, really good dude. Great guy. You know, he just knows everything about offensive line play. He's been doing it for so long. Sure. Um, and we have, you know, this year coming up, we have, we return pretty much our entire line. I, I'd say like we return four and a half starters, I guess, coming back next year, just because of COVID, our center got quarantined <laughs> for like half the year. So nice. um, we ended up playing five juniors on the old line, but our left tackle right now has probably, I don't know, eight to 10 offers to go play at the D1 level, I'd say. So he's really good. We probably got two more guys that can go on and play, I'd say, like the D2 FCS level. So they definitely are the driving force. I mean, we, we have good quarterbacks kind of year in and year out just because our, our youth program does a great job developing them. But, yeah, O-line is – I mean, without those guys, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things right. that we do in the past because we just wouldn't hold up, right? Um, right. So, yeah, it, it's – yeah, man, I, I can't – you can't uh, overstate their importance. I mean, they're definitely a huge part of what we do. No. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's funny. You talked about the, the group you had at, at Indian trail and, and kind of not trying to replicate it, but not being able to. And I, I mean, I know from my own personal experience, you get, you get those groups that are just so good together. And, and I mean, I can remember my, I had a season that when I was coaching high school ball in Springfield, Illinois. Um, and I, I had a group of five guys and and they were just, as close as close could be and it's like you you keep trying to you 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 want to replicate it and want to replicate it but you don't want to force it and you you can't for and it just never gets that that good again i guess but yeah th- those are those are those special groups and definitely the special team so that that's yeah, cool for sure yeah they they were also they that group really benefited i think because that uh being the they were the first class that came up through that school they had you know, they were together for you know, all the way from freshman year on up. And they yeah. had, you know, those kids. So the, the guys that were the coaches, you know, obviously I wasn't there for the first two years, but they played a freshman in a JV schedule. But the guys that were the coaches were the guys that they just, they were varsity coaches when they came to that school, right? And they just ended up, you know, coaching freshmen that year. So like Mike McKay, who was the head coach, he had been the D coordinator at Tremper in Kenosha for like 10 years or something. And they were they were outstanding. Like they, they went to state a couple of times they were very good. So those guys were getting coaching from varsity level guys and getting coached like they were varsity players from the day they began their freshman year. So that, right. that benefited them a ton, I think. So. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you know, one of the things I, you know, I, I, I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm re-looking at your bio you sent me. Um, one of the things I, I missed, uh, but is when you first started coaching, <clears throat> you were a young man, you were 20 years old. Uh, you started coaching at lacrosse central and you coached the freshman for three years. Um, yep. I am always kind of fascinated by guys who solely coach freshmen. I've got a good buddy of mine who's a freshman coach um, at a school in Illinois. Uh, How, talk to me about how, you know, first of all, talk to me about, I'm sure the struggles you might've had, but also talk to me about that. That's an important role. I think a lot of, a lot of coaches, um, especially at, at the high school level, sort of overlook that and don't really put a lot of emphasis on that. But that, in my opinion, is, is an important role. Uh, talk to me just a little bit about those three years you spent coaching freshmen at uh, lacrosse central. Yeah. So I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, <clears throat> so I, I kind of like fell into it in a, in a weird way. So I, I went to high school at lacrosse central, like that's where I went. I played mm-hmm. there 
Um, and then when I, <clears throat> I when went on to college, I, you know, I did the two years there and I kind of like, you now I'll be honest, like I wasn't the, I'm not the biggest dude. I'm like six foot, 180 pounds and like right. it's hard to keep weight on. And, and at the time, like lacrosse was very much like a, you know, they were, I, you know, running pro, like they had, had huge running backs, like the backs were 220, you know, all huge guys. And I just didn't fit. Right. So I ended up moving to safety. And then after that, it was like I was behind two dudes that I knew I was never going to play. So I kind of I said to the coaches, you know, like, I think it's just time for me to move on and, and focus on school. And it, it just so happened that my high school coach because um, my dad taught at the high school were at, at lacrosse central. And he, he had mentioned to my coach that I wasn't going to play anymore. So he reached out and asked if I'd be interested in coaching the freshman team. And I was like, yeah, why not? Like, gives me something to do. Right. Um, so yeah, I started that um, would have been my junior year of college. Um, ended up, we, we actually, and it's, it's funny. So there, they were wing T at the time. Right. And that's what we ran when I was in school. Right. So like I, I came, come from kind of a, a weird background, like, as a wing T guy to now be in like, you know, four and five wide slinging it around. But right. um, I think the, like you said, it, you can't, you know, the importance of those freshman guys is huge, right? Like, especially having like continuity amongst that staff and guys who I think are able to put the ego aside at least and not worry about trying to move up the ladder and just say, okay, well, I'll, I'll just buy my time as a, a freshman coach until I can jump up to be a varsity coach. Like, cause for me at the time, like I, I didn't, my plan was not long-term to coach football. Like I thought right. like, okay, something I do while I'm, while I'm here. But the other guys that I coached with, you know, they had two guys that were, you know, two, I don't want to come older, probably in their forties at the time, you know, were like the head coach and he ran the offense. And then they had another guy that was the D coordinator and they were there for, I don't know, they were there when I played. Right. So they, they had that continuity there. And then, you know, you're learning, all of this stuff is a player that you're going to end up using as you get older into the varsity level, right? Those, and those coaches did such a good job preparing us and then teaching me when I became a coach, how to prepare those kids. So like you had that, you know, there was never like a drop off, like when it came to the team culture or understanding right. of the scheme, when you went from the freshman level up to the JV and or the varsity, right? Like they just did such a good job of, saying like, Hey, this is how we do things here. There was never that like, Oh, screw the varsity guys. We're going to put this in because, you know, we want to do this. Like that never happened. Right. And, and I think, you know, the, I, I can't say enough about the learning experience from my part. Like, like you said, the struggles and things of trying to, you know, how do you plug kids in at the freshman level when you don't always have, you know, like we needed a nose tackle. I can remember one of those years, and we put like a five foot, 630 pound kid at nose tackle because that's what we had to do. <laughs> right. But we didn't have anybody else, you know, versus our linebackers were, were significantly bigger than him, but they were legit linebackers. And we knew, you know, the, they were eventually going to move on and become linebackers at the varsity level. So we didn't want to move them around to a different position that, you know, they're essentially going to waste a year of learning. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we had good success. I think in three years, I think we went undefeated two of the three. And then, um, uh, one of the years I think we lost like two games so it was cool and it, it was a fun experience and, and if it if it wasn't for that time for me if I had never done that I doubt that I would be doing what I'm doing right now like you know like I said it was sure. not my plan I didn't think like oh yeah I'm gonna go coach and then I'm gonna use this eventually to like springboard myself you know in, into the coaching world like I just saw it as this thing like oh, okay yeah like I love football 
I love, I love playing. It's my school. Like, so I'm totally bought in and I'll do whatever I can to help out. And then, you know, from there, like I said, you know, I, I put in the bio, you know, I went into the private sector that sucked. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Look at a bank. You know, I was a credit analyst at a bank. I wanted to jump off the roof every day because it was so boring. And then I went into the military. I did that for a while. I ended up getting medically discharged. And then I got out and it was kind of like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? And I, I remember having the conversation with my dad, like as, as I was going through like the separation process with the military, like, all right, well, <laughs> I got to figure this out because like, I'm not going to get paid by these, you know, I, I'm not gonna have a paycheck coming in. And I'm like, you know, I was like 25 at the time, I think. Right. Had to figure out what to do. And he's like, well, he's like, you liked coaching when you did that. Why don't you go back to school and get your teaching stuff so then you can coach football and i was like yeah that's a good idea so <laughs> so i did it and and here i am today still doing it 10 years later so yeah and i'm sure i'm sure loving every bit of it because it's such a you know oh 100 it's yeah. yeah it's so much fun but that's that's, that's i mean that's yeah football keeps me sane i'll say that some days 100 oh, guys, guys are teachers out there know what i'm talking about right if i didn't have football man i don't know that i could teach <laughs> yeah 100 i yeah that's that's there's no question about it and it's kind of you know I'm, it's it's you know that's not it's not far off from a lot of different other people's experiences and backgrounds and you know i know I know I'm, I'm similar to your experiences. You know, I, I went back late and, and got my teaching certificate and started coaching after I'd been, I'd graduated from college, uh, you know, five or six years. So um, I, I definitely get that. And, and, you know, going back, it was, uh, you know, one of the best, uh, if not the best decision of my life, you know, in my, in my uh, career, you know, my, my career as a, as a, as a professional, as a coach. So um, I get it, but for sure. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> You know, second question I've got for you is, is you know, looking at your time, um, you know, obviously you've spent <clears throat> the majority, the bulk of your career as a coach, as an offensive coordinator. Um, how did you, you know, did it take you some time and, and are you still developing your offense? And, and have you had, um, you know, what kind of struggles have you had implementing that offense at, at you know, the, the, the schools you've been at? Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, so when, when I played, and then my first coaching experience was all in the wing T offense. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I, I had no, well, and even at the time, like very little exposure to the spread from other teams. Like I, I think even up through my high school career playing wise, I think we only ended up ever playing a team that like ran the spread, like kind of like what you see now, maybe once or twice. Right. Like, like it just, it wasn't around back then, you know, like the early two thousands, like 2002, 2003, like you just never saw it. So when I got hired at Indian Trail, I remember going into the interview um, and, and just, you know, them talking about like, oh, yeah, we're a new school. Like we're trying to do some things differently. Like we were on the spread offense and just being like, OK, well, explain that to me. And, you know, like because I, I, I still didn't really have an idea, obviously, like from being in college, like, I, you know, the year that I spent playing DB, like you learn about, you know, different pass concepts and things like that and how to defend right. them. I had an idea but I, I had never seen it from the offensive perspective before so they kind of walked me through a little bit about like how they were doing stuff and I was like okay yeah that's cool um and, and when I joined up I you know I, the first thing I did was I started going out and just trying to like research and find as much as I possibly could on spread offense right and I think like some of the first things that I came to were like like UW Platteville, like Emmendorfer had like a playbook out there that you could find, you know, and they were like, they were one of the first real big spread teams at like the D3 level, at least in, right. in Wisconsin anyway. So you, there was a lot of stuff in there. 
I found like some Gus Malzahn materials and things like that. So I, I just like dove head on and just tried to find as much as I possibly could to, to learn the offense. And, and then, you know, you have to come up to speed because it was like, you know, my first year there, like, Hey, we're diving into varsity football. <laughs> like, so I, I had, it was a time crunch trying to jam everything in and figure it out. And, and yeah, my, my first, I'd say that first year, like it, it took me a while to really understand as far as like how defenses were playing us too. Cause I, you know, once you learn the concepts, you start to see like, okay, I know what a smash concept is. I know what curl flat is. I know what four mm-hmm. verts is, but then trying to figure out like from, from the perspective of it being four wide, how our team's going to defend it. And that was probably the hardest thing for me to get my, get my head around. But then as I started, you know, moving up and, and more experience, you start to see, okay, there's patterns with what defenses are doing and that's evolved over time, obviously. But then after probably, oh, I don't know, after like my second year, I started to really feel comfortable. And that was to the point where I, I was like, okay, I think I can start like, you know, I was starting to see things like in my head, like I'm a very visual guy and I could just mm-hmm. start things like okay like understand the patterns of defense and like hey we can attack them with this route and all this stuff and then I've always been pretty good at math right because like you said I was an economics major so like geometry you know I feel like geometry like it's either you're really good at it or you're really bad at it and right I was really good at it right so I, I understand space and I understand angles and that stuff so that helped me a ton and then eventually uh, after that second year, the big thing I did was I, I really started diving into defense, right, and trying to figure out like how defense uh, was going to defend this because obviously it was much bigger at like the college level, and you know you could find at that time like I don't know if like the Saban playbooks and that stuff had like leaked out yet or not, but you know eventually I got my hands on those and I started talking to some guys and really learning defense, um, and that's probably been the biggest thing I'd say over the past, you know. I don't know, maybe five or six years that has really helped me take off was learning defense, right? Right. Learning fronts and run fits and, you know, coverages and all that stuff. Um, But then, yeah, like I took over as the coordinator um, and I didn't really change a lot my first year, right? Like we were pretty, we were a big power read team back then. Like this is, you know, right after like Cam Newton was just at Auburn and, and all those guys were running power reads. So we were big into that. Um, and it kind of evolved from there to going more zone based eventually. Um, but, and that was a, you know, that's a whole nother adventure that I'm sure all you <laughs> guys know about is trying to, you know, teach, you know, teaching zone to high school kids like in a week is not an easy thing to do. Um, <laughs> luckily my old line coach that I had in any trail is a really good guy. And he's a good coach. He played up at, at Northern Michigan. So he, he's no slouch and do his stuff, but um, I think the biggest things, you know, that I took away from those first couple of years were like trying to find that happy balance between like, okay, what's enough, what's too much, um, making sure that you have the, the different tools in the toolbox, because that was one thing that like we ran into, you know, in those first couple of years was like, okay, we didn't, we were very vanilla with like how we aligned, like, you know, we always had like, <laughs> Cause we were no huddle too. So it was like, Hey, if you're the X receiver, you're always on the left on the outside. Right. Well, if that's your best guy, guess what the defense is going to do. They're probably going to double that dude. Right. So we had to find ways to make changes with that stuff. Um, all, you know, all that kind of thing. But as I moved on then, you, you know, my, we, we, like I said, we switched the zone stuff. I, I really started getting more into the passing game because I, I find 
coverages and learning coverages to be very fascinating. Like that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to do right now is, you know, I go on like, you know, Bass's podcast and I love listening to all those deep dives on the different coverages and that stuff. But, um, and, and really evolved from there. And we started really taking off with the passing game. Um, I, I, that's another one where to me, like I struggled at first with too much or not too, not enough. Um, I, I think probably my first year we didn't have enough. And then I was like, okay, well, we got to get all these other answers in. And then we had too much. So it's like constantly that, you know, trying to dial it in. And, and right. obviously like that, that goes along with like your, your talent that you have on your team and, and the kids that you have. Like right now, you know, we, we have a, our quarterback is committed to Wisconsin, right? Like he's, he's a stud. Like we, I could put in, you know, every pass concept known to man and he probably could run it. Um, but, you know, our receivers on the other hand would be a totally different ball game, right? right. <laughs> all that stuff. But um, I, yeah, I think, the, the biggest thing to me, like, and I know this, it's funny that you asked this because you, the, I think Alex Kirby asked the question on Twitter yesterday, like guys that are OCs, like what, you know, what, are, what would you advice do you give to guys that are, you know, either new OCs or guys that are trying to be that. And it's, you know, there's a ton of answers. Like I read through the thread and I, I keep checking it today just because I like to see what guys say. And, and mm-hmm. my response was to learn defense because to me, like, you know, I can put in all these cool things, right? Like I can watch game film, you know, we all get it, right? We all trade the, you know, into the the black market film trade, right? So, you know, I can go through and find all the cool RPOs and pass concepts that I want, but if I don't understand, you know, the defense and, and why that team is running that particular play, like, installing it might not be any benefit to my team, right? right. So I, I think to me, that's, you know, that's the biggest thing is like, figure out what defenses are doing, have an understanding of all that stuff. Like I I know like a good example right now, and I don't want to throw him under the bus, but my brother is just kind of getting into coaching right now. Right. Like he, he actually coaches at lacrosse central. Right. And they're, they've recently made the transition to spread and, and, you know, they want to run RPOs and they want to do all that stuff. And I, he, he sends me a lot of these things and I'm like, well, Yeah. Do you want to run RPO to be effective or you just want to run an RPO because it's an RPO? Right. You got to have that understanding of, of what's going on with the defense and whether what you're doing is really going to help, you know, like, okay, if you're in, you know, like the best example I, I always think back is like, okay, if you're, if you're running a two by two set and you're on like the left hash from as an offense, you got your back set to the field. Well, they're, they're in an uh, over front, right like it's not to the field, like, and you want to read the overhang, like, guess what? That guy's not in conflict out there. So why would you read to him on an RPO? You know, that's the thing I was telling my brother or stuff like that. And like, I think that's the biggest thing that's missing with a lot of guys that they either become a coordinator who want to be a coordinator is they don't have that understanding of defensive structure, how run fits tie in and how the coverages and that kind of thing comes from the backside. So that's the big thing. And then, I mean, just, you know, talk about evolution of our, our offense in general, I'd say, I mean, right now, uh, when I first got to Franklin, like the biggest thing that I changed was just kind of some of like the old school terminology was the first thing because tempo wise, it was very difficult to go fast if we wanted to. Right. So that's something that, you know, to me, like I'm very big on communication and finding ways to be efficient with it. So, you know, like 
if your entire offense is number based and has is very wordy to me, um, it, it sure it can be a plus because everybody's going to know what to do, mm-hmm. right? Because you're explicitly telling them what to do. But at the same time, um, you can't go fast, right? There's only so many numbers out there, right? Like it's right. not like you know you can have okay, all of our runs are going to be uh, you know QB runs are in the twenties, right? You got to have a a right and a left version of it. Well, guess what? How many numbers in the twenties are there? There's only, you know, sets of two, there's only five, right? Like what? So eventually you run out of words. Um, and, and to me, it wasn't efficient because like the signaling numbers and all that stuff. So that, that's been a huge evolution for us. And then on top of that, just conceptually, I think like finding again, like kind of my thing that I've really gone to lately is like, you know, it's not necessarily like the keep it simple, stupid type of thing, but it's more of like, find things that are learnable for the kids but at the same time right like so we've really made the transition to running a lot more I I don't necessarily like calling them option routes but our choice routes I mean they're kind of in that you know I mean everybody probably knows what I'm talking about but like we run some of like the kind of the Baylor type stuff like the deep choice but it's built into a concept right and we don't have like you know, we don't tell our guys, you've got like 50 different options on a player. You can go anywhere in here. Like it's a lot of like, all right, you're running down the middle. And if they cap it off, like then you can break it into like a, a deep over or a cross route. Or if you're running, right. well, you can break it off into a post or a dig and that kind of stuff. So we, we don't like, you know, we are not very like, you know, we don't run a lot of just draw a route and run that type thing, you know? So we, we are very much into, you know, give the kids, you know, the, the tools and the options within plays to adjust and make sure that we're successful. And I think within that, that then allows you to be more simple. And you don't have to carry as many things. Like I know when I I was just on, I did my second run the power podcast and they, we we just talked about three verts, which is like probably our number one play that we run. Right. Um, And it has two, you know, the two guys on the play side to it, both have essentially deep choice routes. Right. Like it, it can end up looking like to go or like a middle go and then just a go on the outside. It can look like double post. It can look like post dig or dig right. post or double digs. It, it can fall anywhere in there. And to me, like, you know, the nice thing is, is we don't then have to carry, you know, we don't carry a double post concept. We don't carry like the mills concept. We don't carry a dagger concept because we have that all built into one play. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, that's kind of the direction that we're going right now with a lot of our stuff. So we've been able to, you know, really cut back from some of that like old school stuff that they had when I got here, which was, you know, like you got all of the different quick game concepts, right? Like you got, you got like a corner and a hitch, you got a corner and out, you got slant flat, you got slant bubble, you got double slant, you have hitches, all those different things that we had, you know, we don't necessarily have to carry all those things anymore. Now, do we have them in the playbook? Yeah. And we might run them maybe once or twice a year, but overall, that's not really, you know, the direction that we're going. Like in like, you know, I mentioned just a few minutes ago about defenses. Like you got to understand like what defenses are doing, right? Like if you play against a good defense nowadays, like very rarely do they just sit, right? They're not static anymore. Right. They're moving around. They're doing different things. They can align in multiple fronts. You know, they can switch the coverage up. They can, you know, they can, rotate from too high to one high they're doing all that different stuff and if you don't have the options built in right then you have to carry 30 concepts in every game because you don't know what they're going to do versus right. like like i said the direction that we're going is very much more 
fewer things, but have more options built into those few things that we have, um, especially in the passing game. Now, run game wise, like we're pretty simple. Like anybody that watches us, like, you know what we do? Like we run inside zone, outside zone, a little bit of counter. Like that's all we do, right? right. Like we're very simple. We'll run some RPOs off of it. Um, you know, we get, you know, we don't run a ton of RPOs. We've got like, we have five total that we use now. Some of them have the ability to, you know, sh present them a different way, I guess you could say. Right. We're very big on like doing things differently in the RPO game. Like we are a big, you know, we're going to like what they call flop read in RPO, right? Like you're going to, we're going to read like front side guys on some right. of our RPOs because a lot of teams don't do that. Right. We're, we're going to do those kinds of things. We're going to run same side inside zone, which a lot of guys don't do. Right. So we're going to do things like that just to present it differently. And we just have easy tags that, that make stuff look differently. And, and those, those things like that have, I think have allowed us to play a lot faster and like it's less learning for the kids and I think that's really, to me, the direction that offense is going to have to go, I think, to to kind of keep up with a lot of the things that are going on in the defensive world. Like you just, you know, like I said, you can't sit there static and just do the same thing, right? Like <laughs> you got to have the options built in. So I, I don't know. That was probably a, a long-winded answer to your question. But. No, it makes it makes sense, though. I think it's uh, for, for young guys listening, especially, I like, and maybe even some older guys listening whose offenses have gone stagnant, you know, it makes, it makes sense. Don't, don't, don't oversaturate their brains, keep things simple and have them be the ones to make adjustments and have the, the players put more onus on the players and more accountability on them than, than trying to have, like you said, 45 different concepts as you go into each game. So it definitely makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we carry honestly, like our base pass game is seven concepts, right? I mean, it, it, but the thing is, right, right, we we can make them look a ton of different ways. So, like, you very rarely are we going to roll into, you know, two or three games in a row running something the exact same way. Like, you're going to get the same concept, but your kids probably aren't going to realize it until it's too late because it's going to look different or it's presented differently to you. I mean, that's, right. that's kind of where we're at. So, yeah. Right. No, exactly, yeah. Um, well, Coach, I know we got to get you out of here, so I got one more question for you. Uh, last question. Um, if you could put an offensive line together, uh, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you've coached um, or guys you're just a fan of or even played with, who would be on that five-man offensive line? Ooh. Oh, man. This will be a mashup of different guys here. That's for sure. Um, probably the guy that I love watching the most right now is the dude from the Colts, uh, Nelson. Yep. He, he's a blast to watch just because he's so physical and he's just nasty. I love watching that. Um and then I think back to like some of the guys, like from when I was younger um, and I'm trying to think, there's so many, like, I don't even know where to start. Jeez, <laughs> um, dude, well, I hear another one I, I like right now a lot, obviously as a local guy that, well, at least Wisconsin guys that listen to this will know is I, I'm a big fan of Bakhtiari. I okay. Think, I think he's very good. I, I was really disappointed to see him get hurt. Yeah. Um, man, let me think guys that I played with, I can probably come up with one from that too. Uh, uh, the best lineman that we had on our team, at least in my opinion, his name was Corey Colburn. He, he played center for us when I was in high school. He was kind of in that same boat as like a Nel Quentin Nelson, right? Not, he wasn't a huge dude, but he was physical as shit and, and got after you. Yeah. And guys that I've coached, I'd say right now, um, our left tackle, which I, I mentioned earlier, Chad Schuster, who's good. You know, he's going to be playing big time ball at the next level. He, he is, 
he does things that I've never seen guys do. Like I, I've never seen a kid that's six foot six, 290 pounds do an overhead squat, you know, with 185 pounds on the bar. And, you know, it looks better than me doing an air squat. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, on, it's not fair genetically, you know, like he's just superior. <laughs> um, and then I think one, one other kid that I, that I coached um, back at uh, Indian trail in the early years that ended up being really good for us. Um, his name was, Carlos, or, or I'm sorry, uh, Eddie Nixon. So the name might sound familiar, Nixon from Kenosha, because his brother is Davion Nixon, who just uh, won the Big Ten Defense Player of the Year. Oh, yeah. So Eddie Eddie was older than Davion, and he played center for us, and he was kind of in that same boat. He, he's not nearly as big as Davion. Davion, you know, was like 6'4", 300 pounds. Eddie was probably six foot, 230 pounds. So he, he got the, you know, he didn't get the genetic... Uh, jackpot out of that family yeah he just is good physically um so i think i'd, I'd go with those five right there so i know okay. <laughs> awesome awesome I, I can i can roll with that um Sweet. well coach again like i said you i know i know you got class coming here soon so uh we'll get you out of here but i i appreciate you coming talking with me today um th this was great uh you know you and i we need to do this in, in person sometime soon because you're you're only about five minutes away from from me where, where our houses are at so um uh, <laughs> you know, best of luck to you guys this upcoming season. Hopefully you guys have a, a good, safe spring working out um, and uh, looking forward to, to watching your guys' success. All right, man. Sounds good. All I'll right. see you later. Thanks, coach. All right.